Hi, my name is Arman, and you're listening to the Yes I Am podcast. At this podcast, we have vulnerable and venting conversations full of integrity with guests about their life stories and how it influences who they are today. You can follow me on Instagram at ArmanASKZ to stay connected. And for more information, you can follow the Yes I Am podcast on Instagram at YIA underscore Yes I Am. And now let's get inspired. Hi, Michael. Welcome to Yes I Am Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Armand. I'm excited. It's great to have you. I think it was in June 4th that you came up with a video on your Instagram and Facebook about you starting a small business and uh, and your control shift mindset podcast. And ever since, you've been putting so, such a great content out there on your Instagram and Facebook. And I think... Um, uh, you put your podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will we will talk about your uh, podcast and your whole journey today. And one thing I want to start with is through talking to so many different people, you know, from from very different perspectives, backgrounds. What has been? Uh, the the greatest lesson you have learned from conducting all these interviews and i'm not talking about specific lessons that you have learned from one person but in general i mean something that's become really apparent to me through podcasting is just the immense value of relationships mm-hmm. through meeting through meeting people and listening to what's impacted their success the most what's impacted the meaning they feel in their lives so much of it just comes down to the relationships and the people that we have in our lives and what kind of intention we bring to those relationships. And that's something I've, I've taken into my life very seriously because you think about, you know, in college, people are stressed about, you know, what am I going to do with my life? What does success look like? And I think it's important to remember what is really important mm-hmm. in life when, when it at the end of the day, right? Sure. So very true, very true. Okay, let's take a step back now. Um, let's talk about your story. What's your story? What is my story? At at my heart, I'm an introvert. I started <laughs> as a a shy a shy kid. I mm-hmm. went to a French immersion uh, preschool through middle school, mm-hmm. um, or preschool through fifth grade, and I was the least fluent of the French speakers. Many of them were native uh, French speakers. Mm-hmm. And so I had some insecurity growing up. I had some shyness growing up. The most secure place for me in that young age was when I would ask to go to the bathroom and I could just have kind of a moment of peace, a moment of silence to myself. I didn't have to interact with other people. I didn't have to worry about being judged or being called on or have to answer something. And so I, I had a relatively insecure childhood, red hair, freckles. I was insecure about it. I'd get made fun of. So introverted a little bit at the beginning. And it wasn't until high school that I probably took my first step pr- pretty far outside of my comfort zone. And that was in starting to do musical theater, something totally 
not introverted. <laughs> yeah. And sure. uh, yeah, I was actually sucked into it by um, a friend of mine who was more popular, more confident. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, man, I'm going to go audition for, you know, the coming show or coming musical. And I, I stepped back for a second. I thought about that for a couple of days. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's going to go try this new thing. What if I did that? And that thought stuck in my head for a while. And then I went back to him. I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do this with you. And I wasn't that committed. I was like, I'll go check it out. I'll yeah. go see if it's cool, if I want to go to it. Yeah. So I show up that day of, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not there. He's not there? Doesn't show up. Wow. So it's just me. And I'm in this room, like, full of theater kids. They're into it. They're like, yeah. And, uh, and that was probably one of the first moments where I had to decide, am I going to just leave and just forget about the whole thing? Or am I going to just try, even though it's something really scary? And I know I have no experience with this, and I'll probably fail. And I decided to stay and give it a shot. And I think that was one of my first big steps outside of my comfort zone. Um, that led to being pulled into a meditation club by a senior um, that I met and becoming eventually the, the leader of that meditation club. I got really into Buddhist philosophy and meditation. A lot of those principles and concepts are really the core of like my personal life philosophy. Um, got done with high school and was felt pretty good about <clears throat> life because you feel pretty good when you're a senior in high school. Then college, uh, <laughs> then I got to college and I lost my, my like best friend, mm -hmm. which sucked. Um, we kind of had a falling out. We were super close. We met in middle school and were super tight through high school, had a falling out, kind of didn't know where I was or what I was going to do. And then I, I filled that gap with um, more time to focus on myself. And mm -hmm. uh, I, at the end of my freshman year, I got uh, pulled into, I needed a summer job. I got pulled into sales and it wasn't like retail sales. It was like in-home product demonstration like get rejected and feel like it was tough did you make phone calls made cold calls mm -hmm. made phone calls every morning yeah or up early 7 a.m mm -hmm. it, it was tough yeah you know you, you are you're already very outside of uh the introvert <laughs> perspectrum yeah. of like you know people like not wanting to talk to people which okay so i want to i mean uh I'm also introvert, mm -hmm. which people do not know at all because yeah. of like just I am I can talk to a lot of people, but in, being introvert is more of like do you get energy from being within a, a large amount of people, group big group of people, and like interacting with them, or you get like you lose energy, yeah. or extroverts are the, the vice versa. Um, what? But 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 being introvert, at least till now, has been a huge uh, blessing to you, you know? Yeah. So how do you think being an introvert, for those uh, who are introverts and listening, has been helping you to do what you're doing right now? So I think that in many ways, being an introvert is such a powerful opportunity, mm -hmm. and here's why. Most people who are extroverted yeah. take for granted the ability to you know just be confident throw themselves out there talk to people intermingle and i think as an introvert 
coming to a place where you are comfortable with yourself and being around other people, you have the opportunity to make a breakthrough that many extroverted people don't really have. You have an opportunity to break through something that is, is I think, really important because when you do as an introvert, mm-hmm. if, you get, if you get comfortable, then it becomes powerful because you're intentional about it. And most yeah. extroverted people aren't intentional about it. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I found in my experience. No, very true. And I mean, uh, there, there's something about just like getting comfortable with who you are in general, no matter like if you're introvert or extrovert, because you, you become, um, I was about to say, become dangerous when you know who you are, like, but mm-hmm. not, not in a bad meaning, but yeah. you basically get a lot of confidence and you get a lot of power to do what you want to do when you're, when you know who you are, you know? Yeah. So let's get back to doing sales. Mm-hmm. You want to pick up, pick up? So, yeah. so basically I got into sales. I had no clue what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my theater experience of taking that step might've helped some, but I was not prepared for what you was were not coming. Prepared for it. So, and you're, you're right now and after high school or is it? This is after my freshman year of college. After now. freshman so year of college. Yeah. Okay. Summer after freshman year. And I, it was, to, it was just so different that it was shocking, right? It was yeah. like, it was like, you know, a couple days training and then it's like, boom, making phone calls. Making phone calls. Then it's like, boom, I'm in somebody's home. Oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, and then, you know, I had some early success. Things were, things were good for a few days and then it happened. Mm-hmm. I got a no or I got rejected, mm-hmm. right? And it stung, right? I was like, I wasn't ready for that kind of like direct rejection. I took it personally. I was like, yeah. I was like, does this person not like me? What, what's wrong with it? What's like, going what's, on? Going, what's wrong with me? And so, um, yeah. And my, my manager introduced me to some more like Western philosophy on personal development, personal growth. Um, introduced me to Tony Robbins Oh, and well, yeah. yeah, got into Tony Robbins, read like all of his stuff. I got into all that. And um, so I, I took his advice, which was to basically stick with it. I was I was like, man, this is tough. Like making these calls, getting rejected. This is tough. I don't know if I can stick with it. He was like, stick with it because if you go somewhere else, right, you could go somewhere else. You could work a normal like nine to five or not nine to five, but during school something like Starbucks. And um, the problem is that you will have still not overcome that fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. You'll take that with you wherever you go. The problem is still there. It's not going to go away. It out, yeah. Eventually, it's going to come back out. You're going to have to deal with that or you're going to live a life that's limited mm-hmm. because you won't you you will not have pushed past it. And so I decided mm-hmm. kind of like I did during theater. I was like, well, I could either leave or I could find a way to figure this out. And that's what I did. I dove in to Tony Robbins and um, stuck with it, kept trying, kept failing, and kept getting back up and being like, all right, like, how do I, how am I supposed to perceive this? How am I supposed to look at this so that I don't feel so shocked or hurt? I learned how to not take things personally. Yeah. I learned, you know, I learned how to perceive the, the, the situation in a different way so that um, I wasn't so internally affected. And it took time, right? It took sure. time to do that. Um, but the connection 
and this is really key, the connection that I found between Tony Robbins and what I was learning there and in Western philosophy and what I was learning in Eastern philosophy and Buddhist um, scriptures was this idea of perception and how much power perception has in the way we experience, behave, and feel emotionally. We internalize what's going on in like the outside world. And this is where the real breakthrough was for me in mm -hmm. sales because I started to see every no, every rejection as an opportunity to practice this idea of perception and looking at the situation and not taking things personally. And, and like I said, it took time, but that was the key to eventually me getting really comfortable with sales and being rejected because it's not about me. I took myself outside of the, outside of the situation. I know it's not about me. Every time I do a sales presentation, it's about the other person. It has nothing to do with me. And anyway, I learned, I got comfortable with that and that was huge. And not just in that area, but also in other areas of my life, I could bring in this idea of, oh, well, how do I look at my, the struggles that I have in relationships, right? How can I use the same idea to help me there? How can I use it in like my family life or um, in when I look at my career? And so that that was huge for me and a couple of years so i mean i stuck with sales i stuck with it and that is a job where most people uh the churn is high right let's just say yeah, like sure. people people are in and out of that place by you know the end of the summer it was completely different people there were only a very few that stuck i stuck through it um until now and basically everybody i started with is gone um but I, a couple of years later, since I started uh, with sales, I launched a software uh, company with my manager, mm -hmm. with my manager. And that's something that has been a really great experience. I've been able to, uh, for those that, that, that are looking to capitalize on a side project for school stuff, um, you should do it. I combined it with like my thesis, my capstone, yeah. great opportunity. Um, and I, and I also learned so much from like basically trying to start this business with my manager. I learned about partnerships. I learned about, uh, growing a company, dealing with clients and everything that, that goes along with that. Um, and then it, then the podcast happened and the podcast happened because, um, I had seen so much growth in myself and what I was able to take on in the principles that I was learning that I was studying and I still read every single day that I'm continuing to study. I was like, this is so awesome. Why doesn't everybody know about it? Like, <laughs> I was like, why, why doesn't everybody, but not, not only why, do, why doesn't everybody know about it? Why aren't these concepts and principles being taught to young people from a young age? Because these are focused at entrepreneurs, business leaders, adults generally, but like, how valuable would it be? You know, the w one thing about it is yeah. like th this this content is is not necessarily only for entrepreneurs. It's it, it it's it relates to everybody. Yeah. First of all, um, not everybody is an entrepreneur. Do not think of yourself like, hey, why am I not an entrepreneur? That 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 means I'm not going to be successful, or I'm not I'm not the person. I'm not going to make that much money. No. Mm -hmm. Some people are the second person in the team or further person in the team. And that just means that you or your strength is, is that. Your strength is not be entrepreneur, maybe intrapreneur, maybe something else, maybe be the finance leader, whatever, you're, whatever you are. 
you know, it's 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 it's, it's very important to just like keep that in mind. Being an entrepreneur does not mean you're successful. There are so many entrepreneurs that have nothing. Most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the only thing that they have is the label. Yeah. You know. So uh, let's let's get back to the perception. I want before we start talking mm-hmm. about the podcast. Um, there, there is uh, when it comes to perception, it come. Uh, I think about decision making. Yeah. You know, when you when you when you get the no, or when you get rejected, or anything happens, um, there is a there is a time that you need to make a decision right after how I'm going to take this information. Michael, how is that process of decision-making for you? Yeah, so the way I I see this is that, kind of like what you were saying, you have whatever goes on yeah. in the outside world. Whatever it is, something happens. And then you have, like, this moment mm-hmm. right after you get the input of the, whatever the world gives you as input. You have this moment of this decision, right, yeah. this choice. And... What you choose is going to determine, again, how you feel, how you respond, how you act, how other people perceive you, um, it, just this moment of, of choice. And so um, something that, well, a concept that I really like has to do with, um, and this will get into how I make the decision pretty much, but giving myself more time in that choice period. I want to expand that. Most people go direct from input, output, immediate reaction. I want to go from input to, hold on, let me take a step, especially if it's something that I would do, I would react like negative duly. If I, if I got, if I was going to get angry or I was going to say something that I would later regret, like I want to give myself more time in this decision space to really think about what, I, how I want to respond. Sure. One way that I've found that has helped me immeasurably with that is meditation. Uh-huh. Because what meditation does is it enables you to not get caught up in thoughts that you're having. Meditation is kind of about being able to be present and letting whatever happens like move by and you're still clear, right? Yeah, you're still clear, you're still present. And so meditation has helped me expand that time. Then I have the opportunity to step back in the moment and not go straight from input to output to to reaction. I can take a second to breathe and be like, all right, this thing happened how would my ideal self respond to this situation? It's a question I like to ask a lot. Like, how would the best version of me respond to what to what just happened? By what principles am I gonna act upon? And are those strong principles? Um, I like to make decisions. I think principle-based decision-making is, uh, is a, a really solid way to make decisions. Like if you're making decisions off of very uh, strong principles, you can almost never make a terrible mistake or a terrible um, a terrible decision. And so, I mean, I make decisions based on um, my values and, and, and principles, or at least that's how I would like to ideally always make decisions. Yeah. But I almost always, when I'm making a decision, especially in a case where um, there's a risk of me taking it personally, try to take myself out of the situation. I try to zoom out on the situation. One question I love to ask myself, because questions direct your focus of where you're focusing your attention, is 
will this matter? Like whatever's going on, whatever, whatever, whatever's going on, yeah. will this matter in like a week, in a month, in five years, will I care or will this matter? Mm-hmm. If it's going to matter in five years, what's going on right now? Okay. I'll pay attention. Like let, let's, let's make sure that we're doing, we're like, we're figuring this out. But like, if it's something that's just some input that would be upsetting, like somebody's, you know, arguing with me and it, it's not something that I'll care about in five years, then I'm going to, I'm going to take myself out of it. I'm going to be able to move on a lot quicker. I mean, I'm just not going to be bothered. Most things, most things aren't, most trivial things on the daily don't matter enough that they're going to impact you in five years. And so you shouldn't take it personally and you shouldn't hold on to it so tight. I got to react to this thing. Like, Chill. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> but when you say it doesn't, it do, does it really matter? I agree with that. And I want to know. Um, all those, most of times, like a lot of those, like, like things that happen daily and it may upset us, do not really matter or not as not important in the long term. Um, do you do all? But do you do you think you need to spend time to at least think about them, reflect on them? Yeah, I think that you should spend time to notice what's going on in your own head and oftentimes in your body too. Usually when something happens, you're getting some input, your body reacts to it in ways that sometimes you don't actually notice. Your body like, language your talks body, way exactly. louder than you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, you know what I'm talking about, but to notice yeah. what's actually going on, like, wait a second, like, where is like my body, like, what am I doing? Where's my breathing? Like, am I, am I really shallow right now? Like, am I not like, dude, like give yourself some oxygen. Like, uh, let's get going here. Like, um, but noticing those things about how you respond, this is all key stuff to understanding yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's where that power comes from. Right. We talked about this a little, or we mentioned this at the beginning is like knowing yourself, the confidence that comes from that. That's where it starts is noticing how your body responds and what's happening in your head when things happen. Love it. So, and uh, one thing, um, do you know Steve Harvey? I do. I am familiar. Yeah, Steve Harvey. I mean, he, he. Well, his life story is just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he's he had right. He had at some point five shows on TV mm-hmm. and like radio and everything. But like the the path that he got to that was very interesting. And in in one of his talks, he was talking about whenever anything in life happens, you know, any any moments of adversity, you you can really move on from it when you take the lesson and the blessing from it. There's always a lesson and a blessing, and does not matter what is it. And I and I learned that in my own life. You know, after I heard that. I mean, always, you know, any even those little things that do not matter, there is something to learn from them, for sure. And there's a blessing, for sure, that like, okay, I got that no, and there's a blessing behind that. I should have got that no. Not necessarily because I should not make that deal, because I'm, I should have get that no, so now I can strategize maybe to how can I change my approach, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the... The core idea Tony Robbins talks about all the time, which is, you know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for, for you, you, right? And so, Absolutely. and that's where it comes from. But I think that, that that's, that's huge, but it, it can't just be said. 
right? People can't just hear like, oh, or say like, oh, life's happening for, like it needs to be felt. Like this needs to be felt emotionally in order for it to resonate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So a couple of things that, four different healths actually that I really personally care a lot about. And I feel like if you have this four, you you almost set for your whole life, you know, or not not staying at, at a good level, but improving those health, you know, keep getting healthier is physical health, emotional health, mental health and spiritual health. Um, how do you try to um, improve yourself within these four healths? Well, this is what I'm all about. Um, <laughs> I have a, I mean, probably my, my baseline is, um, I keep like a morning routine. Yeah. That's kind of baseline. And then I'm always taking in, uh, new knowledge every day I'm reading yeah. every single day. Um, mm-hmm. part of my routine is, is exercise is counts for physical health. Um, and then a lot of the work that I do, uh, sharing, I mean, these kind of conversations mm-hmm. and with the podcast is, very mentally stimulating for sure for me um and emotionally i i mean i get to work on my emotions every day i I take it i take it it's it's a fun i feel like emotions are such a fun challenge (laughs) at least that's the way i like to look at it right emotions are such a fun a fun challenge um and so, but I, I improve my, I, I take care of myself. My, my morning routine is like my two hours almost of like taking care of myself mm-hmm. in the morning. Like it's amazing. I love to start that way. I don't like to start my day looking at my phone or looking mm-hmm. at something that's going to stress me out, like my email or mm-hmm. this or that or whatever. I just like to focus on myself in the morning. It's huge. Um, and I just love making like the the top 10% of like what's important to me, especially in my relationships, mm-hmm. making that really a priority. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other stuff I let fall to the side because I'm really adamant about spending my time on like the stuff that is just most important, most significant to me. And a lot of times that's just like the people that I get to connect with like mm-hmm. you and that's the people that I'm really close with and get to share amazing experiences with. So that it's also very much... I, I'm intentional about that, and that mm-hmm. that helps my emotional For sure. state as well. Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, and then spiritual health. Oh, and then spiritual health. Oh, this is an interesting one. So I went to a um, Jesuit Catholic high school. I went to to Jesuit high school, um, and was really interesting about that experience is that, well, my family, my immediate family. And I mean, this comes, this, this also comes back to the, you know, what's your, what's your idea of like religion versus spirituality and um, this kind of a conversation of, Mm -hmm. oh, like, does it need to be attached to a religion in order Mm -hmm. to be spiritual? And, um, and yeah, so it was interesting because my immediate family is not religious, although they, my uncle is a Catholic priest, so our family is like Catholic kind of, but my, they don't practice and that's not really an active part of, of my immediate family. So going to the school, going to the, to the Catholic school, I got to experience a really awesome sense of community. Yeah. And, um, 
I've spoken with some friends about this too, and I feel like a lot of deep, like what I would say spiritual connection comes from these relationships and comes from being in a community. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt an overwhelming sense of love in that community, in the retreats that we would go on and the experiences that we'd have together in that school Mm -hmm. that, uh, that of course was all connected to Catholicism and connected to God. And I did develop that relationship. And then I also started exploring like Buddhist philosophy and thought that those concepts were probably the most practically helpful in my mental state. And that's why I really got interested in that. Um, And I don't actively practice Catholicism now, but I still feel like I have a connection there. And that's part of, that's still part of me. Um, And, but how do I continue to evolve my spirit? That's the question, right? Mm -hmm. How do I continue? Um, And for me, I think it does come down to, it does come down to the spirituality that I experienced through, through relationships. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, I mean, spirituality is something that's hard to describe, right? It's, hard, sure. it's hard to elaborate on because um, being having a spiritual experience can mean so many different things to, like, so many different people. Yeah, um, I mean, when I talk about spirituality, well, I believe um, spirituality basically means you are being run by your soul, not your body, to me. You know, uh, it, actually, I can... It's more than that, yeah. but in, a, in like a short frame, basically, because you don't say I'm a body, you say it's my body, my hands, mm-hmm. you know, and how you connected you, you are with your, with your true self, you know. And then when it comes to spirituality, you can think about like, what, what can I do? What can I do so I, I can get closer to that, you know, to be, to be. I, I, I as a soul to be in control of who I am today, mm-hmm. you know, and yes, religion can help with that. Just meditation by itself right. can help with that. You know, um, journaling can help with that. Um, just like even talking to people about yeah. your, or being vulnerable right. can help with that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a very, very important piece of puzzle at least uh, from my point of view, to have that connection with who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. and try to understand yourself, basically. Yeah, and as you say that, that just rings a lot of bells. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like that that actually resonates a lot because when I do the meditations that I do, when Mm -hmm. I do the journaling and reflection, which is like soup, that's like just baked into the morning routine stuff and the weekly routine. Like that that is the time where I get to, um, I get to breathe and I get to focus on myself and what I feel and the experiences that I've had. And then I get to share those ideas with people who are close to me. And that's a spiritual mm-hmm. experience too. So, yeah. One thing, um, I've been, okay. So I recently, um, I did an interview with this magazine, Beaver's Digest. Um, it's going to often come up this week. Um, and they asked me about, uh, how can you develop confidence? And you, you, sh- you briefly talked about confidence. I want to know your point of view. How can you develop confidence? In short, you develop confidence by keeping promises with yourself. So that means... Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you create these... You say these things, right? You say these things to yourselves. I'm going to wake up at this time. Yeah. I'm going to 
get this assignment done today. I'm going to whatever you say, you're making you're making these mini promises, just mini, mini promises to yourselves. And you develop first a sense of personal confidence, and then you develop a sense of confidence also with other people. But I think it starts with first confidence in yourself. So confidence that you will follow through with what you say you're going to do. And it's hard to stick with big commitments and develop and develop practice with that until you've learned how to just just do the small things. Do the small things. Just do the small things that you um, that you say that you're going to do because then you get in the rhythm of trusting yourself when you say that you're that you are going to do or be something. Then you get used to following through, and I I believe that confidence is about knowing yourself and following through on what you say you're going to do and keeping those promises and they build up. And once you start making little promises and keeping them, then you can make bigger promises and bigger promises. And then you can make promises with other people and keep those. And I think that that's how it's built. And um, f- from from what you just said, it, it really also gives me definition of self-respect. Mm-hmm. So do you think self-respect, accountability, uh, self-trust but do you think all these three things can create confidence yeah absolutely i mean self self like the relationship that you have with yourself Mm -hmm. is like huge at the core of being confident because if because what what do you have to be Mm -hmm. confident about if not confidence in knowing who you are. Yeah. Right? Like what else can you be super confident about if you don't first like know who you are? And so that's why I mean you could the type of the type of reflection, the type of self discovery, um, I think I think makes a difference. So so uh, that brings me to this question, you know, do you think then then confidence comes I think you're saying this uh, confidence comes within or with what you're doing, you know, for example, if you're an athlete, you can mm-hmm. just be confident just because you're an athlete and you get all the attention, you know, because attention, mm-hmm. you know, can bring confidence most of the times, you know, like, you know, everybody is like getting autograph, photographs, you know, everyone gives me paying attention and mm-hmm. that can, that can help you to have the confidence or uh, what you're saying also, you can like also learn about yourself, you know, start mm-hmm. like having more uh, self-respect and you will keep the promises within yourself so uh, do you f- do you think they're both like the the true confidence or do you think one can fade out or do you what, what what's your what's your opinion on that the confidence comes within and without I think that you can't you can't have confidence in something that you don't know and so if you don't know yourself then that's that needs to happen before you can develop confidence. But the thing is, knowing yourself isn't just like a one and done. Mm-hmm. It's like a lifelong journey in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like for a lot of people, it's like... It is always, you <laughs> know, because at the end of the day, you know, we're always like moving towards, uh, I say we are always moving towards perfection, but we're probably not gonna, never going to get to that, you know, yeah. but we keep keep bettering ourselves. Right. So I think this this idea of finding yourself and who you are as a journey is something that 
um, that you need to be moving towards. But I think the most practical way to develop confidence is the first thing I mentioned, which is just keeping those small promises. Because that becomes your, like, the reason why an athlete is confident is because they've practiced. They've done the thing before, or they've done a similar thing. And they have confidence that I can do it again. I've done this before. I've seen this before. I'm confident because I practice it. And I think confidence is something to be practiced. Making those promises and keeping those promises is something to be practiced. And that's why I talk about kind of that building up to a bigger sense of confidence. Fantastic. We're getting close to the end of this uh, conversation. And uh, one thing I'd love to ask is what is the biggest lesson you ever learned in your life till now? I like that you're thinking about it, that, that the, the thing mean, about, it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, because there are so many lessons that yeah. we learned and, but what is that one that's very like, it, maybe it's, it's like all of your values, all who you are centered. Around. Yeah. I think, I think it comes down to kind of the core philosophy through which I, I live my life now. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to the biggest lesson that I've learned in that connection between Buddhist yeah. philosophy and Western self-improvement philosophy. And that is that if you control your perception, yeah, you control your reality. You control, you can control if you choose how you feel, how you respond, how you act. You have that control at the end of the day. It's just about learning how to mold your perception. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to add? Ooh. <laughs> I'd love to know a little bit more about you, but I'm sure we can talk about that another time. Um, for sure. But I'm excited for that. I would, uh, I would just say, I mean, I'd shout out my show if you let me. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if the types of, you know, stuff we've been talking about is interesting. My my show is, um, you mentioned already, Armand's control shift mindset. And I basically, all my conversations are around self-improvement, personal development, getting over anxiety, fear, stress, building confidence, all these topics uh, I think are so crucial to master um, or really get a good grip on at an early age. And so that's what we talk about. Um, you can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, also, if you want to tell people your social media handle. Yeah, yeah. So you can connect with me. I'm on uh, Instagram at Michael Boley. It's just my first and last name. I'm on LinkedIn. Same thing. I'm on TikTok. You can You're find on TikTok me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Boley's Stories. Just one S in the middle. Uh, and That's your TikTok one? That's my TikTok. Do you put like stories there? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Bullet story. You can find that. And uh, I think that, I mean, Facebook, I'm there too. So any of the other ones, but yeah, I'm, sure. I'm all over. So. Thank you, Michael. And we call ourselves Yes, I Am because we believe you can put any word in front of it and be that person. If Michael wants to put a word in front of Yes, I Am, what would that be? Yes, I am what? Make me think again. <laughs> <laughs> An 
a lot of ways, it's yes, I am determined. Love that. Love that. Love that. Uh, thank you today for joining us, Michael. It's been a, it was a great conversation. And make sure to check out everyone, check out the Control Shift Mindset podcast with Michael. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, yes, I am. <laughs>